When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined with the true cute one, that bitch from Instagram, <laughs> Christian Gray Snow. Hi. Hi. How are y'all? <laughs> Good. So I am so excited to talk with you, Christian. So we famously, you and I, do not agree on like <laughs> anything housewives, mm-hmm. but we do have something in common today. We both had not seen this week's movie, The Wedding Singer before oh, now. Oh, I love that. So look at oh. us. Adam Sandler bringing us together. <laughs> I would rather say it's Drew Barrymore bringing us together, but you know, it's whatever you <laughs> and want. And there we go. Off to the races. <laughs> so just a disclaimer at the top of the episode. Last week, Donnie recorded from under <laughs> a literal blanket. And this week, I am recording from one of the circles of hell. Because my air conditioning broke today and we are in the middle of a good old fashioned global warming heat wave. (laughs) So basically it's way too fucking hot for a wig. So if you want to see my real hair and all of its sweaty, greasy glory, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one. How do you like that plug, Donnie? You're one step closer to the reveal, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) All we need is a nice eye slip and you'll get the whole package. (laughs) So yeah, just consider me a sad little dog in a Sarah McLaughlin commercial and for just ten dollars a month you can rescue me from home ownership hell so <laughs> patreon.com slash i'm the cute one hell yeah so let's jump into the movie on that note All right. so this movie came out on february 13th 1998 it was a friday nice and slow by usher was at the top of the music charts and it was jerry springer's 54th birthday i had no idea that this man is almost 80 years old and all I have to say is exploiting people's pain must really help with wrinkles because, wow. <laughs> I didn't know he was that old yeah. either. Me either. Jeez. Also in February of 1998, a commemorative Princess Diana stamp was released Ooh, and wow. Bill Gates had a pie thrown in his face during a trip to Brussels. I think we need both of those things to happen again. Pie in Bill Gates' <laughs> face and a new Princess Diana commemorative stamp. And while we're at it, a Princess Diana beanie baby I need again as well. Yeah. I want a whole. Are we allowed to curse? Oh, yeah, oh, yes. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I want a whole fucking Princess Diana merch line. You know, just give me all of it, <laughs> please. Because you know? the faggots always try to wear those shorts and that sweatshirt she wears. They do, but like do. we need a lot more than that, Christian. Like, I mean, honestly, I'll take a fucking pocket tee with just her picture on it at this point. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. So you were the owner of the Princess Diana beanie baby. Donnie? No. Oh. I need it now. I thought that you said that you needed another one, and I was like, well, Jesus. I didn't oh. know I was with real royalty that you had that beanie baby. Oh, my God. No, imagine. And then we played with them, because I wasn't allowed to play with Barbie, so I would play with anything else like it was a Barbie. Mm. Like, I would take beanie babies and make them have sex and, like, make them fight and, like, not yes. invite each other to the prom. Come on, <laughs> <Yeah>. resourceful. Yes. <laughs> I found loopholes, so I pulled the tags off all of them, so I could be sitting here my money but nope because i pulled those fucking tie tags yeah i did too but that was just i have adhd so like (laughs) i was told not to and i had no Mm. impulse control so i was just you know yanking them off (laughs) so donnie do you have any background or trivia for us today about this fine film do i i sure do so it was directed by frank Karachi. And he is a big Adam Sandler fan, I guess, because he directed The Waterboy, Click, and then Zookeeper, that Kevin James movie. But I feel like Kevin James and Adam Sandler are interchangeable (laughs) when it comes to movies. And then it was written by Tim Herlihy, who's an even bigger Adam Sandler fan, it appears, because he wrote Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Waterboy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, and Grown Ups 2. So basically, we can thank that man for Adam Sandler's career. 
Wow. wow. Or vice versa. Well, Adam Sandler is very loyal. Is. It's like a game of where's Waldo in his movies of like, oh, and there's Rob Schneider and there's this one and there's that tan man. and you know. Yeah. And then they like, I don't know if it's them returning the favor because Adam Sandler is clearly like the top of that pyramid, I think. Mm-hmm. But like when there's a Rob Schneider movie, Adam Sandler still pops his little head in. Well, for a while, I thought that the Grown Ups franchise was like a long con where they were all just punking us and they all found a way that they could hang out with their friend group and get paid millions and millions of dollars. And like, how bad can we make these movies and still make so much money from these people? Well, you'll have to let me know because I didn't watch either one. (laughs) Can I just say quick note as someone who like, you know, has worked, well, not in movies, but in TV, like production crews, you know, there is something to be said about people that take other people with them you know from project to project Mm -hmm. and like how lucky you are i guess because they i mean when you find people you can work with and then i mean i was looking earlier at the budget versus like the gross i'm like obviously they did something right you know plus i mean you mentioned other movies like Waterboy, which is definitely even bigger than this film Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so i just think it's cool to you know once you find that circle of people in hollywood you're like yeah let's just get rich as fuck together and fuck everybody (laughs) else and never hire anyone outside of our circle (laughs) yeah and donnie's gonna roll his eyes because i always find a way to like gush about snl even though i know like i am the remaining lone SNL fan left on this planet. But like, I just love that it really does seem like there is a through line of past Saturday Night Live cast members that it's like a little sorority or fraternity Mm -hmm. that they really do make those like lifelong bonds and then they stick with each other. Yeah, it's a unique relationship, you know, I think Mm -hmm. once it and once it clicks, it just makes it even better. So it's like almost like if something's not broke, don't fix it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if I would be like that, but we'll say I would. <laughs> well, we'll wait. So if Donnie gets famous, we'll see if yeah. all of a sudden I disappear. Blocked is what you'll be. <laughs> okay. So Christian touched on it, but it cost $18 million to make, and it made $123 million worldwide. Wow. So yeah. the people love Drew and Adam together. What can we say? Mm-hmm. Because if you think I'm not going to make you watch 51st States, because that one's even better than this. <laughs> okay. So before I get to the trivia, I do want to give you the tagline. There were two of them, but one was like five sentences long. It had a thesis statement. It was just too much for a tagline. So I picked the one that's just like seven words. And it is, he's going to party like it's 1985. Which, okay. <laughs> we could have done better, I think. Yeah. Tim Hurley, he wasn't in his bag when he wrote that tagline. <laughs> so for the trivia for the movie, I laughed out loud at this and then rolled my eyes and then I was like, okay, it makes sense. The butterfly jean jacket that Julia wears throughout the movie belongs to Drew Barrymore and the director saw her wearing it on set and was like, you need to make this part of your costume. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> it does. I can imagine her in the rain wearing that fucking jacket. <laughs> also, it's like, what a slap in the face. I'm playing like the nerdy, like klutz girl and you're like, you know what? Wear your regular clothes. It's perfect. <laughs> and also, they were in present day and this movie was set in the 80s. Yeah. So basically, the person was like, oh, that really, really out of style jacket. Put it in that 80s movie. Wear it. Like you said, it tracks. <laughs> Rosie, the best part of the movie, Betty White was considered for the role, but she turned it down. Oh, wow. That would have been fun. Yeah, Yeah. that would have been fun. And then, a little script writing tea, Carrie Fisher, Judd Apatow, and Adam Sandler made uncredited changes to the script. Wow. So you can thank those three for the script. That's impressive. I know. Wait, did you say Judd Apatow? I did, yes. Wow. Carrie Fisher? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Princess Leia herself. What the fuck? I'm just so surprised that Judd Apatow was involved and it wasn't like 45 minutes too long. <laughs> you know? Well, he only made changes. Yeah. So they clearly <laughs> didn't take all of them. <laughs> Before we make Christian recap this movie in one minute or less, I want to know what character, if any, does everybody identify as? So I think George, like mostly, like I am George, but I also have the sexual appetite of Holly and the low tolerance for people as the little boy that says, you're a bitch. (laughs) So like those three combined is me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. As somebody who wants to be famous, but is currently recording a moderately (laughs) successful nostalgia (laughs) podcast out of my basement, I very much did identify with Robbie Hart. Uh Also, like Robbie, I do like love, love, and I am prone to having a public meltdown whenever like (laughs) anything is like a slight inconvenience to me or doesn't go my way. 
Could be this episode. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find oh, out. But I identify with Robbie as like he likes to make a crowd have a good time. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not necessarily that person until I'm on a stage with a microphone. And then it's like, mm-hmm. let's fucking do this shit. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. in fact, watching this, I was like, God damn it. Is my life calling to be a wedding singer? I can't fucking sing to save my life. But with a good band, I'm like, does it matter? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> so fun. If you have good yeah. backup singers, it's like all you got to have is some energy and a good band. You are good to go. <laughs> I feel like you would make an amazing MC for sure. You know what? Possible side business because a bitch is broke, and you know I'm taking on any. <laughs> I'm taking on all business plans at this moment. <laughs> um and then also i guess a little bit of holly because like she tried to shoot her shot and then got to watch like her sister fucking get with someone and i just feel like there's a recurring theme through my life of just like watching that happen (laughs) so yeah those two (laughs) i liked this movie a lot i wasn't sure i feel like i'm so jaded with recent adam sandler films that i forget that like there's a reason why he is adam sandler Mm -hmm. and now is able to make the shitty movies that he's making So I was pleasantly surprised. I really liked it. So now, Christian, we're going to put you on the spot. We're going to put one minute on the clock. Can you tell everybody what this movie is about? Take it away. To me, this movie is about a hopeless, romantic, sweetheart, tenderhearted man who also loves to sing and have a good time named Robbie. And he is engaged to this fucking cunt who leaves him (laughs) at the altar and embarrasses the shit out of him. And then his fucking love tank is depleted, depleted, depleted. He happens to meet Julia, who is just as weird in certain ways as he is. And then they have this like practice kiss and things just like click there. Yeah. And then his love tank is filled because they get together. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And I like that you use the word click in there. So it's a little advertisement for other Adam Sandler. Exactly. You're welcome, Adam. (laughs) All right. Let's jump into this. Wait, I need to pause you even before you speak, Chelsea. Great. Cool. I read ahead in your notes that you wrote for this episode, and I couldn't help but notice that you didn't mention Holly once. So I... (laughs) Do you know who this is? Like, for you to ignore her... It's well, jarring. I mean, I know the character that she's the sister. Well, no, the actress. Um, hello, the Brady Bunch movie. Thank oh, you. Oh, Christina Applegate. <laughs> Excuse That's me? That's Steph not yet. Not that one. No, not that one. Christina Applegate's not in the Brady Bunch movie, so no, not that one. <laughs> the one from Anchorman. That's not who this is. <laughs> Christian. I suffer. Do you deal with? Donnie, we have talked about this. It was self-diagnosed, but it is a real affliction. Me and Brad Pitt have it. I am face blind. Yeah, but I'm like a homophobic father that's okay with other people being gay. But once my kid is, I'm upset. Like, I understand you're face blind, but now it's really affected me. So I just can't deal with your shit anymore. <laughs> yep. oh, no. <laughs> Who is it? It's Marsha Brady from yeah. the Brady Bunch Marcia, movie. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, the one that we covered? Yeah. Well, that's why I recognized her. But who is it? It's not Christina Applegate? No. Her name's Christine Taylor. Yeah. Married okay. to Ben Stiller. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And they divorced a few years ago and then got back together during quarantine. So sweet. Oh. And it's weird because she looks exactly fucking like the real Marsha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, it's like not normal. <laughs> Well, I just said, yeah, like, I didn't think oh, yeah. she you was Christina Applegate. I think everyone looks alike. <laughs> right. Well, thank you again to our listeners for giving me this platform that I totally deserve. This has been our last episode. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's fucked up, though? I do have a bone to pick with our cuties. Ooh. Every week, I inevitably say something that shows that I'm a moron. We know I'm a moron, but every week I show you that I'm even more of a moron than anybody could have ever believed. Mm -hmm. But no one ever DMs me to say like, oh, you said something wrong or like, oh, actually it's this. Everybody always DMs Donnie to make fun of me with Donnie. And then Donnie encourages it and screenshots it to me and is like, oh, by the way, it's Morse code, you idiot, not Morris code. I didn't know. Nobody told me. (laughs) You have like Teresa G. 
Judaize isms, Ramona isms. Like I do. It's like it is what it is. We know what you meant. Yeah, xylophone. <laughs> but it'll be good by Christmas because then we can make a dictionary. <laughs> we'll sell merch. Oh God. All right. Well, let's jump in. So this movie opens in 1985, where wedding singer Robbie Hart is absolutely slaying his performance at a wild wedding. Kids are drinking, aunts are stealing cake, mm-hmm. and family secrets are being outed. And this opening scene is when I knew I was going to love this movie because this felt like home. This is basically like every single wedding in my family. Yes. Like at the last family wedding, one of my toddler cousins ended up in the ER with a concussion. Uh And my wasted family members tried to stage a blackout intervention with another family member about their drinking. These were like unrelated incidents, but this was just one family wedding. I want to go to a wedding with your family. That sounds fun. I know. My brother's wedding isn't exactly a month. So buckle up, cuties. I'm sure I will have tales from there. (laughs) Wow. See, meanwhile, my sister's getting married in like two years or something, and she just booked the venue, and my mom was like, just being rude for no reason. She was like, you know, there's a Burger King across the street, like trying to shit on it. I said, I know. And then when I get bored halfway through, I can go and get onion rings. Boom! That's exactly what I would get. If I could get one thing from fucking Burger King, onion rings with the goddamn zesty sauce all day. Christian, when I get Burger King delivery, which is quite often, and they don't bring the zesty sauce, I complain. I go right to my Oh yeah, I told DoorDash it didn't even show up. They didn't even come to my building. (laughs) So I am currently in the process of writing a speech for my brother's wedding, and it is my biggest fear that I bomb. Like I'm having stress dreams about it. There's nothing in this world that is worse than a bad wedding speech and certainly in this movie we see a pretty bad one but have either (laughs) of you guys ever witnessed a terrible wedding speech not a terrible one but it made me uncomfortable it was the best man giving the speech at the wedding and then he said to the bride he was like i know it's always been your biggest fear that you'd be murdered but statistically this is who will kill you now so congratulations (laughs) that's kind of (laughs) funny And like people laughed, but my biggest fear is being murdered. So I was like, oh my God, I'm married. <laughs> so then I just spiraled the rest of the day. Speaking of speeches, though, I was the man of honor in my friend's wedding. And I did just have a little, just a, a few lines in the back of my head ready to go that I knew would make the crowd just really crack up. And I never got the goddamn opportunity to do it. <laughs> just letting you know that, Patricia. Shout out. <laughs> That's why you need to be, uh, what are you, not a Mater D, what's it called? An <laughs> MC. <laughs> Okay, cutie, slide into my DMs to make fun of him for that. Well, no, Christian said he needs money. So if he wants to be a maid or D, he can do that too. That's That's true. My dad's a very good public speaker. So he did a good job at my wedding. But he also, there was a stomach bug that was going around during my wedding, which ironically happened at my parents' wedding too. So I'm like, is this like a generational curse? Like, Mm. am I going to be pooping my brains out in a month at my brother's wedding? Time will tell. I hope so. But- my dad literally, like, the stomach bug hit. He oh! got to the reception. He gave his speech. It was a beautiful speech. And then he literally was like, thank you, everybody. Have a good time. And then he walked out the back of the church and started projectile vomiting. Wow. I'm like, well, this is a great omen. Wonderful. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. It's like that <laughs> food story. poisoning scene in Bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, wow. You're really doing it. Shitting in the street. <laughs> So I did ask the cuties, and as is tradition, they came through with their worst (laughs) wedding stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to summarize some of them and just lump them together. And then I do want to just take some time on some of these. So (laughs) one groom's brother talked about how they used to watch porn together. Uh. One bride's father said, if you give her sperm, she will give you a baby. What the (laughs) fuck kind of Southern bullshit is that? (laughs) And then one priest spent his whole speech talking about how everybody in that church was going to hell. So just good ones. So now let's get into some specifics. So one of the cuties said that the father of the bride gave a 30-minute speech Mm. that included a very detailed hypothetical situation in which the groom saved the bride from terrorists. (laughs) Okay. I hate a long speech. And God forbid they didn't have the food already. Oh, right. right. It's like, I would just 
fake faint. So be like, let's just get it the fuck over with. You know, take one for the team. 30 minutes is like, I barely went to class in college. I am not trying to sit through a TED talk no. about like your precious little girl, just like no. in and out. Here we go. Seven minutes tops. And like, even that's yes. kind of pushing it. Pushing it. Yeah. And I also hate, and I'm sorry, because I'm sure there are people that like didn't do this. It should be the best man and the maid of honor. Like, I don't need to hear from the whole family tree. Mm-hmm. I don't need your uterus to start talking. Like, just please. <laughs> Please, just the maid of honor and the best man. Yeah. Or like if they want to have an open mic, do it at the rehearsal dinner or at like Mm, the welcome dinner or whatever. Or like put like a confessional booth at your reception where people (laughs) get drunk and go leave messages. That's a good idea. TM, 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 TM. Christian Grace knows MC business. TM, TM, TM. Wow, I really need to get on this shit. I know. (laughs) And then Donnie and I will be taking 10% cuts. Perfect. (laughs) Another story. So one best man speech included thanking the bride's mother for not getting an abortion. And the story of how the groom was conceived parentheses in the back of a Chevy the best man was the groom's brother in what situation does an abortion come up though I feel like I have theories (laughs) tell us I feel like this is like again some like backwoods bullshit and they're like talking about how bad abortions are and they will take every opportunity they can to try and relate it to that and they're like look had you had an abortion I wouldn't be here fucking marrying your daughter. And then they say, like, let's go, Brandon, and, like, slam the mic Yes, down. and then they go drink fucking, like, PBRs at their reception. Yeah. And the guest book was a piece <laughs> of wood, probably. <laughs> you know the kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one, which was the strangest and most detailed, my husband's best man speech was entirely about my husband and him. No mention of the bride. <laughs> Me. Hi. Hello. Once. The worst part was when he made our wedding band play a CD of Barry Manilow's Looks Like We've Made It, which he sang along to, saying how much they've both grown up and are doing okay. What the fuck? (laughs) It ends by saying... What a weirdo. Mm. My older brother wanted to punch him. If you're listening to this, the person that submitted this, your husband blew his best man sometime in there. Uh, yeah, and got blown by him as well, maybe, and probably by several other individuals that are not female. <laughs> Looks like we made it. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like we made it. That was them saying, look, we made it to, and got women without falling in love with each other publicly. We made it. We gave our parents everything they wanted. We're oh good. God. So... A lot of what not to do for me at my brother's wedding. That is like quite honestly troubling that you even got that many responses that are that detailed (laughs) and that horrific. Oh, Christian, I got like over 200 responses. (gasps) I think that bad wedding speeches are the norm. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, now I see why you have so much like nervousness because you're like, Yeah, that was the wrong question to ask like the week that I'm writing this speech. I'm like, well I think the worst thing you're doing though is you're you're going way too early. You think? Yep, do it like a day before the day of that will be when your feelings are really on your heart. Have a drink before, boom, done. And get up there with the intention of making people laugh at least once or twice, and then the rest is just honest emotions. Boom. Okay. That's very good advice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to scrap my, because it hasn't been good so far. Pen to paper, it hasn't been my best. So I'm going to go with that. Obviously, you'll probably still take pieces of it, the general message, you know, but I yeah. think the more you practice it and rehearse it or try and make it perfect, the more you're going to stress yourself out. Yeah. You really just got to get up there and say what's on your heart. Yeah, well, I'll go ahead and cancel that Barry Manilow CD Amazon order. Then. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as 
Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Meanwhile, at this wedding, it is Julia Sullivan's first night as an absolutely terrible waitress Mm -hmm. and when she's not being sexually harassed by literally every male employee she works with she's realizing that her fiance is never going to set a date and seal the deal she feels that she is doomed to wander the planet alone like the incredible hulk (laughs) and sadly the heartbreak doesn't stop there because just a few weeks later robbie's fiance linda leaves a bad note and robbie at the altar Linda fell in love with a rock star and couldn't bring herself to marry a wedding singer. Now, I know that Linda's supposed to be the bad guy and that perhaps she could have brought her concerns to him yesterday, but I'm kind of team Linda. Wow. This is a man who lives in his sister's basement. Well, she looks like she lives in a garbage can. (laughs) (laughs) And like, what does she do for a living? Because he might not be bringing in big money, but he's having fun and really living his passion. He's teaching old ladies how to sing. For meatballs, Donnie, meatballs don't buy things. Meatballs don't buy groceries. They go back. Meatballs not in Tupperware, (laughs) mind you. (laughs) (laughs) But what's Linda doing? Well... Exactly. Maybe if he asked some questions and paid attention to Linda, we would know. Okay. All right. I'm not going to die on this hill. She should sell Avon. (laughs) (laughs) So Robbie falls into a depression, having a public meltdown during a wedding performance in which he congratulates the bride for showing up to her wedding, identifies which guests specifically will die alone, shouts in a bunch of like Adam Sandler voice, and then sings his hit single, Love stinks. Good stuff. And after being punched in the face by the father of the bride and bitten by a horde of mutants from Table 9, Robbie quits the wedding singing business only for Julia to then tell him that she and Glenn have set a date and she wants him to sing at her wedding. Like, read the room. Maybe now is not the time to, like, lock down his contract. He's hurting, bitch. Yeah. Well, anyone with that haircut doesn't think about other people. (laughs) Glenn could absolutely have tore it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, he might be an asshole, but so whatever. Yeah, I have one. Yeah. So introduce yourself. Yeah, he is hot. And he was a demon on Charmed a long time ago. Oh. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. Maybe it's I saw the homicide in him, but he sure did it to me. But like we said last week, we know my type is anyone that looks like he would call me the F-slayer. So Glenn... Top tier. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So after a horrifying pep talk from his brother-in-law where he learns all about his sister's exotic dancing, Robbie goes to Julia's engagement party where he meets her fiancé and future man candy to both Donnie and Christian, Glenn. Mm -hmm. And while you both think that he could, quote, tear it up... (laughs) Every week, I find reasons to rage about men, but Glenn really made it 
super easy for me this week because this man is the fucking worst. He is the human equivalent of crypto, the physical embodiment of barstool sports. Like I hate him so much that I feel alive. <laughs> I want to hate somebody that much. <laughs> you can freaky fat it with Chelsea for a day because she hates a lot of people that much. Basically, my baseline is if you're a man, you have to prove that I shouldn't hate you. It. <laughs> and it probably won't work. But if Glenn was engaged to my friend, I would tell her, like, get out of it. He's terrible. But if I was the waitress that Glenn was looking at her ass, I would blow him even if I knew mm-hmm. that he was engaged to somebody. Yeah, at the restaurant, <laughs> under the table, with my boss yeah. on the clock there as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Risking every single bit of it. <laughs> Don't bring that energy to your MC business, Christian. It depends on the clients, you know? You're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. Can you get sued for that? I don't know, but I'll sue somebody's dad if they punch me like he did in this fucking movie. So bring it on. And just like that, I'm back on board as being your business partner. Do you see how I bumped myself up from 10% to now just a full partner? Perfect. We're good. I'm cool with it. By the end, I'm going to be like, and Christian, when you begin my business as my employee, as an MC. So Robbie transitions to singing at bar mitzvahs, making Julia dance with underage boys. I know that he was doing this young boy a favor and like, pointing out that he was like the eligible bachelor in the room. What are our thoughts on this dance, the open groping, the definite teenage boner that's happening here? Like there was a lot happening here on this bar mitzvah scene. Yeah, I was a little (laughs) uncomfortable, to be honest, like watching a kid put his hands on like Drew Barrymore's ass. Normally, like in a movie, like you would expect, like if a horny teenage inconsiderate boy did that, they'd be like, hey. And she just like yeah. laughs and like the camera pans around and then everyone just starts groping ass. I was like, <laughs> I feel like I could get charges for watching this. It felt wrong. I don't know. Yes. And I don't know if this movie comes before or after Never Been Kissed, but like there's a lot of statutory issues in Drew Barrymore movies of the 90s. Yeah, that's true. There's a through line Ooh. there. Yikes. And this fat boy is the one that eats the chocolate cake and Matilda. Notice that. Yes. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. If anything should have earned him time in the chokey, it was groping <laughs> Drew Barrymore. And now we said it. Yes. <laughs> Did you guys go to bar mitzvahs growing up? Because for me, I was booked and busy. Seventh and eighth grade, every weekend there was a bar or bat mitzvah. And it was like the event of the season like it was so much fun it was like a wedding for preteens love them i had so many jewish friends that i knew how to like pray in hebrew <laughs> i grew up in like white trash north carolina i've never been to one. Oh, you missed out because it really was like it was like a school dance but hornier because wow. the parents were all drinking and like having their own fun so there were no chaperones so it was like and they were always like the most wild themes it was like a wedding that a 13 year old had control over i went to a survivor themed uh, one did they kick people out no that would have been amazing uh, imagine they like evicted someone every hour love it my friend had a survivor themed birthday party and then they voted people out every half hour and they had to go sit in the basement while everybody else kept playing (gasps) in the backyard and the mom filmed as it was happening so they could watch once the party was over and at one point she zooms over to the basement window and you see the first girl kicked out picking her nose and watching so not oh. only was she kicked out first but then at the end of the night they all watch this video and she's picking her nose on camera. oh my god <laughs> Did that girl ever socially recover from that party that's not my business i mean clearly not because 20 years later you're telling the story on i would podcast. have fucking gone into the witness protection program well no what's crazy is this is one of my friends that i met as an adult so i watched her childhood video of this girl I didn't even know. So it's that good. Holy shit. <laughs> I would never get over that as long as I was alive. I would literally yeah. rather die. <laughs> no, at the Survivor Bar Mitzvah I went to, it was just like a lot of like tiki torches. But no, no voting people off the island. That is fucking cutthroat. I know. 
Love it. Missed opportunity. <laughs> so it is montage time. Robbie uses his connections to help Julia plan her wedding. Sexual tension builds as they pretend to be siblings. Watch John Lovett gyrate on stage. Go wedding dress shopping. Torture the skeezy limo driver and slowly fall in love. And in a particularly vulnerable moment, Robbie shares his dreams of being a songwriter and then performs an original song where he wishes in graphic detail for someone to kill him. Like if Christian was stop picking his nose on VHS. <laughs> Literally, that would have been me. <laughs> I've told the mom, just go ahead and fucking film me singing this while you're at it. So Robbie and Julia finally do have their first kiss when Julia practices her wedding kiss on him for educational purposes to demonstrate the difference between porno tongue and church tongue. Let's dive into this because... For educational purposes, my fiance would have beat the shit out of him for doing that. Uh, for educational purposes, you would have been single. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For educational purposes, you, I hope you know the word refund because we're going to need a refund <laughs> on everything that we have planned. What the fuck? Yeah. And if Holly liked him, why would she make her sister kiss him? Like, that's not a cute first kiss story. I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, I was going to get married to this other guy, but then I wanted to show him how much <laughs> tongue was the appropriate amount of tongue for when I kissed that guy I was engaged to. And then, you know, sparks flew and the rest is history. And my sister watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, just a lot of... A lot of questions. But also, they knew it was wrong because when Glenn showed up, mm -hmm. they lied. If it had been like a, this is just like us being silly and like practicing kisses, mm -hmm. they would have said something. But they lied and said that Holly was the one that was kissed. Well, Adam Sandler told the truth and then the girls lied. That's true. Women can't be trusted. Yeah, that's how they be. <laughs> <laughs> During it. a drunken double date, Robbie is horrified to learn that not only will Julia be Julia Gulia once she's uh. married, but also Glenn is a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. And this is the final straw for Robbie, who wants to win Julia over by being a rich guy like Glenn is. After all, he is living in a material world and he is a material girl. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Thanks. So he ditches the old granny he gives singing lessons to and goes into the city to get a real person job at a bank. And during his interview, he sums up my exact relationship with money. He says, I have no experience, but I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. <laughs> it's like, wow, I've never been so represented on this I love before. that so much. <laughs> it's like truly, especially after this AC unit, I was like, oh, I had a little and now I have none. <laughs> it just disappears so fast. It so does. fast. Yeah, every year I start out my year by being like, this year I'm manifesting abundance. I am going to be filthy rich. I am bringing in opportunities. And every year by August, I'm like, well, I'm poor again. God I'm damn actually it. more poor than I've ever been before. <laughs> my bank was very generous during COVID. And they, if I had overdraft fees, they would just reverse them if I asked them. But now they officially decided COVID is over. So now they've been telling me no. So then... <laughs> So then I like try every time I message them, I add something new. I'm like, well, you know, I recently got my job back and then lost it. And then um, <laughs> the, the wood under my sink rotted and there's my, and they're like, well, still now. You, I've had monkeypox. No. I've had COVID. I've gotten fired every other week. Please give me the 35 fucking dollars back. Please. And then I try to like message them at different times to see if I can catch someone. <laughs> I love is that. Is nice. a robot? No, because they write their initials. So oh, first okay. I message them and say like, hey, I have a question. And then if it's fucking KT, whoever that is at Chase Bank, you're a real bitch. Because <laughs> KT always tells me no. So then I wait for somebody else. But see, you're doing it wrong. You need to call because a message system, that is always going to be tracked. They can't mm. bend the rules for you there. But if you call... Then okay. maybe their hand slips. You all know, right, maybe they right. push that button. <laughs> so, KT, I'll be calling. <laughs> yeah. So, Julia is apparently really horny for a man who lives in his sister's basement because she is pissed that he is trying to better himself and get a real job and calls him a yuppie idiot for wanting to work for real money instead of meatballs, <laughs> which leads to their first 
big fight where Robbie calls out Julia's hypocrisy for only marrying Glenn for his money. Like most straight men in this country, rather than admitting to himself that he has feelings or expressing said feelings in a healthy way or apologizing or going to therapy, Robbie goes to a bar, gets hammered, and contemplates beginning a life as a fuckboy. A tale as old as time. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's just a straight thing, because that sounded fun when you just said it. It really did. I was like, hmm, let me do that this weekend. (laughs) So a wasted Robbie runs into Glenn out on the town for his bachelor party. And this motherfucker, I talk a lot of shit, but he's bold. Like, you got to give him credit for just the confidence he carries when he (laughs) cheats on Julia. Because this is a man in his own town just openly walking around with the girl he's about to cheat on Julia with, like, in the street. For anyone to see. Shameless. Yeah, but it was 1985. What are they going to do? Take a Polaroid if they catch him? <laughs> like, it's his word against theirs. <laughs> yeah, back then you had to run up and, like, pull a bitch's hair out and be like, I got proof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you guys ever, like, been complicit in cheating? Yeah. Yes. One time my friend, like, started to decide it was a bad idea and she's like, no, we don't have protection. At a party I was throwing, so I was like, oh, go get it then. <laughs> so then not only did I say, keep cheating on your boyfriend, I also made them drive drunk to go pick up protection at like a 7-Eleven or something. Safety first. Condom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, same here. I just feel like college, it just happened more times than I can count, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So after getting punched in the face, a blacked out Robbie comes home to discover that Linda, his ex, is waiting for him. Now he passes out drunk, but we mustn't underestimate Linda's ability to repeatedly ruin this man's life. So when Julia comes over to confess her feelings for Robbie, Linda answers the door and introduces herself as Robbie's fiance. And this is where I did jump ship on any semblance of Team Linda. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. About time. <laughs> yeah, she's a nut. And she really looks dirty. Like, she looks like where monkeypox originated. Yes. <laughs> so, heartbroken, Julia tells Glenn that she wants to get married immediately. Like, what a totally normal and reasonable reaction. I don't think that he would marry her. Julia was given off pathetic, and, like, she was forced by her mom. I get it. Why she would go through with this, even though she knows that he's a piece of shit. I don't think Glenn would marry this woman. Yeah. Well, I could, like, get on board with, like, okay, Julia's spiraling, and she's like, all right, I just have to, like, make this decision and get married, whatever. Like, terrible choice. Also, equal opportunity judger here. Julia should go to fucking therapy also, because that is not a normal reaction to run off to Vegas to get married. But I gasped when I learned that she is bumping up the wedding by one single day. My parents would fucking murder me. Like, there is a (laughs) venue. There is a wedding singer. There is a caterer. We saw all these steps of the wedding planning process, and you, like, can't wait 24 hours? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, what's the point? Take a fucking (laughs) Xanax and pass out and wake up (laughs) and it's wedding day, bitch. As it turns out, Robbie is still pissed off about that wedding thing. So after attending the 50th wedding anniversary of Rosie, the woman he's been giving those beautiful singing lessons to, he ditches Linda and decides to officially pursue Julia, his one true love. So he rushes to the airport and buys a first class ticket to Vegas to stop the wedding. Now, I am a trash person, so I fly Southwest, which is the airline for people who like to talk to strangers and also gamble because who the fuck knows where you're sitting. But there is no first class section, so I have yet in my life to fly first class. But one day I truly hope to get one of those sweet, sweet hot towels. Ask, believe, receive. Have you ever, Christian? I only did one. I um, actually just coming back from Mexico, I got a complimentary upgrade. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It was nice. (laughs) Now, this isn't my first class story, but it's basically like first class without being first class. The one time we had a gay flight attendant, and when he was doing his like speech in the beginning, this lady in front of us was talking the whole time. So me and him kept like rolling our eyes back and forth about this woman. So Mm -hmm. then he just gave me free drinks the whole time. Oh. Because, yeah, we had like the gay connection and we were talking about that lady. I mean, really, that's the best part of first class anyway. 
yeah. just the drinks. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if I'm sitting by the fucking bathroom. If you're bringing me free <laughs> drinks, I'm good. You know exactly because then once I drink enough, I'll forget that I'm like sitting like this because <laughs> because of drinking the on planes is the best. It makes the time fly by. It's like you get a little tipsy and then you're like, oh, I'm drunk, and then you're like, up, oh, boom, we're here. Landing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do uh-huh. you find yourself drinking things that you don't normally drink on planes? Like I weirdly will always get a tomato juice and a vodka and I like Bloody Marys, but like for whatever reason, the spicy tomato juice and vodka combination like in the air really hits. Um, I get whatever I can get my fucking hands on. <laughs> I'm like, I'll do a Tito soda. I might switch it up and be like, can I just get like a red wine or a white wine? To be, if it's like a, you know, in the, like in the afternoon or like the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost always fly in the morning. So, you know what? I really just love to get a screwdriver, like an orange juice and yeah. some vodka and just keep that bitch going. <laughs> yes. Now I want to just get on a flight somewhere. Me too. Meanwhile, in coach, Glenn refuses to give up his window seat to Julia while also simultaneously trying to get a flight attendant to join the Mile High Club with him. <laughs> Such trash. This man is committed to his cheating. Like, he can't go, like, a 45-minute flight without getting some. Well, that's why I went earlier when Donnie said that he's like, I don't think he would ever marry her. Like, even if they got to Vegas, like, he's going to be involved in, like, a fucking orgy with 12 other bitches before (laughs) she can even get to the fucking (laughs) drive-thru church. Yeah, that fight that was on that carnival cruise because three people had a threesome and then their spouses found out and then the families all fought and it was like 50 people. Glenn would have been a part of that, I think. I need to Google that when we finish. It's yeah. so good. The fight went five floors. It started on the fifth floor. It went down to the first end and 50 people were included in the fight. Wow. People. I would wow. jump in just for fun at that point. <laughs> Just you hit know? someone with a chair. I'm a, I don't even know any of these motherfuckers. <laughs> I just want to get in on it. <laughs> that was supposed to be my third cruise. Like, that literal cruise <gasps> I was supposed to be on. But then in December, the CDC said, cancel your cruises. So I did, because I listened. But these 50 people didn't. And see what happened? Wow. Wow. You could have been in an orgy and or <laughs> fight. Oh, I absolutely would have been in the orgy. <laughs> Imagine not listening to the CDC during COVID and going on a cruise and then going in a fucking orgy. (laughs) Like it's like, wow, what an ultimate slap in the face to the rules. (laughs) Like rules, germs, what are they really? (laughs) Robbie realizes that he is on the same flight as Julia, who is still sporting this podcast's favorite hairstyle, the half pipe bob. And with the help of Billy Idol, and since first-class passengers are allowed to do pretty much whatever they want, Robbie takes this opportunity to perform a love song using the airplane intercom. It was cute. I know. Today was a rough day. Chelsea already said this episode is cursed, but this song made me sob. Yeah, like if that was me, I would be like, bathroom now, bitch. I'm busting it wide open. (laughs) for somebody you know it was very sweet it was a very cute moment and so julia and robbie live happily ever after the end love it so final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be oh maybe a sequel could be that his writing career didn't really take off you know so now it's just he still does the wedding singing thing for fun And maybe his daughter is getting married and she wants him to sing because she loves him. And then he finds out her man-to-be is a piece of shit and he has to freak them out. That gave me the chills. And then she falls in love with his like assistant that just like comes in on the weekend for like 25 extra bucks to help set up the the speakers, you know? (laughs) And the meatball sub. Yeah, 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 (laughs) exactly. We have to have meatballs in the second one. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I would make it in the mid-2000s, and I would just make it follow Holly, but like Samantha Jones style, she still hasn't found love, bouncing from one dick to the next, and then whatever happens, happens. I didn't figure out that. And (laughs) Christina Applegate is her sister. No, you be quiet. (laughs) And there will be guest appearances by Julia and Robbie, but mostly just... Christine Taylor. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I set mine also in the mid like 2010s because similar to this movie being like a really weird amount of time to do a throwback of like 
you know, a decade earlier. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have it take place in like 2010. Instead of Billy Idol, we'll have Kesha. (laughs) And then instead of like the 80s fashion, we could do a callback to all of my personal favorite 2010 trends. So like the flowers in your hair, the high-low skirts, the gladiator sandals, chevron everywhere. (laughs) And then those like giant sock buns, you know, like that's the fashion. Mm -hmm. And then to keep the SNL connection alive, we'll have it with Bo and Yang as Robbie. And then we'll switch it up a little bit and we'll have Dan Levy be Julia's Ooh. role. And then Neil Patrick Harris will play the like douchey current fiance. Oh, I love All that. Right. You know who I think would be a good Robbie? Yeah. Tom Sandoval. <laughs> because of the singing. He would have so much fun. <laughs> so final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I know it's the 80s, so it's supposed to be ugly, but Julia's wedding dress looked just like Bianca's prom dress from I 10 Things I Hate you About You. I knew you were going to say this. And you know how I feel about that fucking dress. So naturally, I loved it. I loved that dress. <laughs> okay. Donnie's going to kill me. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> fucking t-shirt and a poodle skirt. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I think that the inclusion of Patricia Arquette in theory was going to age well, but then for... It to literally just be a punchline was pretty tough to watch. Like the first yeah. like 30 seconds of the movie, I was like, oh shit, like this is okay. And then I was like, oh, nope, there it is, 1998. And every time she was singing, the audience was always talking about how it was gross so or weird. weird. And I was yeah. like, oh, I hated that. That was really just the, as I was watching that and the obviously the ass groping was yeah. weird. I also yeah. thought that in the opening scene, it showed like a woman dancing with a baby that was just like, naked like halfway down like he had like a top on and i was like i just don't necessarily know like who was like you know what take the pants off the kid that needs to happen so yeah there were just weird things like that but i guess you know just a sign of the times the humor was just so cringeworthy (laughs) you know i think like every week on this podcast there's the staples of like the language the fat shaming the homophobia there's like a lot of through lines through 90s and early 2000s movies and in a weird way this one I think held up better than most and I think just because Mm -hmm. it was like silly and lighthearted. but I mean for this to be a Drew Barrymore like Donnie referenced earlier (laughs) never been kissed is still the I am the cute one staple for like the worst Uh, movie that has held up over time I haven't watched that in years. I need to rewatch and see oh, what you're talking you about. You need to do a rewatch because when you rewatch it with fresh eyes, it is not good. Every <laughs> single plot line is just an adult wanting to fuck a student or vice versa. It's crazy. And like the brother's plot line is like he has come so far and he's matured so much because he wants to fuck a 16-year-old, but he won't. For the love of fucking God. Yeah. It's a it's a real treat. And these people made millions off this shit. I know. <laughs> so on that note, thank you so much for coming on, Christian. Tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can keep tabs on your emerging MC business, all the things. <laughs> I love it. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And I actually was, I really had a lot of fun watching the movie too. So if you ever want a guest to come back and assign me another random movie, I'm happy to do it. Be careful what you wish for. Let me know, girl. Hit me up anytime. But you got, y'all can follow me on Instagram uh, at Christian Grace Snow. And I am, yeah, you can find me there just posting all my random housewives thoughts, which are, you know, flowing out 24 fucking seven. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. One last shameless plug. We are 50 reviews away from hitting our 1K milestone. Wow, that's awesome, y'all. Thank you. So if you are listening to this and you haven't yet given us a five-star rating, leave a five-star review and tell us how much you love us or leave a five-star review and tell me what I inevitably pronounced wrong this episode. Just, you know, leave a (laughs) five-star review and and help us out. And with that, we will be back next week with 500 Days of Summer and we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. 
Talk to you later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.